Saratoga Lights presents Plenty of Those and to Spare. William has never seen a ghost. Spectre. Apparition. Nothing of the kind. He doesn't rightly believe in them. Though I suppose laying eyes on one might have him thinking otherwise. Regardless, William has never seen a ghost. But if we're talking about the proverbial ghosts, well, sure, as that old song goes, he's got plenty of those and to spare. William was a few years shy of adulthood when his father died suddenly of a heart attack. Not yet grown, but certainly more so than his younger brother. William did his best to fill the shoes of the patriarch. His death was actually the third that the family had experienced that year following the passing of an aunt and a grandmother in rapid succession, calendarically speaking. Death is like a lightning strike to a tree. It's violent, sudden. But given time, the tree heals and grows again. Hell, it even flourishes once it's all patched up. Three strikes in a row, though. That hurt runs too deep. It splits the tree apart, splintering the once-living organism into every direction and severing its branches one from another. William, his brother Lucas, and their mother clung to their respective branch for dear life. The ghost of a childhood not fully realized. He was accepted into Baylor School of Law and quickly set himself apart from his peers by his sheer tenacity. In the second year, while most students were doing law review or mock trial, William signed representation agreements with 23 clients. Turns out lawyers didn't have to show their credentials at the door of the courthouse. And though he wasn't barred by the state of Texas just yet, neither the judges he appeared before nor his 23 clients thought to question his licensure to practice law. Sometimes a suit and a smile is all you need to get by in the world. A few years after he abandoned his studies, the ruse was discovered and most of those cases got turned over on appeal, but still, no one could ever claim William to be a man with no ambition. Now I know y'all are asking why this promising young man abandoned his studies. The answer brings us to the next proverbial ghost of William the ghost of an adulthood not fully pursued. One night, after posting a personal recognizance bond for a new client, William returned to his dorm room with some fresh coffee and a copy of the TCPRC in the hopes of studying for Livingston's exam the next day. However, he received an urgent phone call from his mother, beckoning him to return home that evening and talk to his brother. He's not in a good way. Not in a good way. Whatever the hell that meant, William didn't know, but the tone in his mother's request was enough for William to forgo any follow-up questions and simply reply with, I'll be there soon.
After a couple hours drive, William arrived home and observed Lucas resting in bed. Beaten. Bruised. And, most shockingly, branded. On his left shoulder blade, a fresh burn roughly four inches in length marred his skin with a raised half-diamond shape. Not in a good way indeed. Over a cup of coffee, his mother brought William up to speed on what had been going on and the new friends with which Lucas had been keeping company. A group of miscreants that Lucas had fallen in with, seemingly intent on making a name for themselves by robbing banks. Her fears were confirmed one night when, after months of secretive and clandestine rendezvous with his new friends, Lucas walked through the front door, covered with a luminous blue paint, splattered all over his person. I hope you remember who you are. Lucas couldn't muster the courage to meet the eyes of his mother, opting instead to have them gaze upon the ground as he retreated to his bedroom. That was a few weeks back. At night, when Lucas walked through the door appearing as he did, his mother knew not what to do other than to call William. When Lucas finally woke, William was seated on the edge of his bed. Who did this to you? It's my fault. Oh, I'm sure it's all your fault, but I want to know who did this to you. Lucas had always been a sheep, led astray by peer pressure and fanciful notions of his own manifest destiny that the world was his for the taking. And like most teenagers, what he lacked in wisdom... He more than made up for with reckless abandon. One could speculate that losing his father at such a young age left him adrift, like a ship without a star by which to navigate. And William, though he had the best of intentions, lacked the patience of his father, often undercutting the potential influence he held over his brother. Their relationship the last few years had been fraught with fights and frustration, which William realized as he looked upon his battered brother. Very well could push Lucas down a path from which he could not return, if it hadn't already done so. Who did this to you? After some hemming and hawing, Lucas finally told William of the band of robbers he had counted himself among, and how out of the four of them, he was the only one brave enough to go into the bank. The other three would wait in the getaway car for each job due to some debilitating anxiety and asthma that ailed them. William, trying to exercise the same level of patience he saw his father do on many occasions, chose not to point out to his brother that he was set up to be a patsy with each job should things have gone wrong. Instead, he asked if these three supposed friends were the ones who beat him. Lucas blamed himself. It was my fault, and I provoked them. Sounded more like a battered spouse than the member of a criminal enterprise. And as Lucas went on to describe in horrible detail how his friends used a red-hot blade to sear his flesh behind the patio cafe, still offering excuses and absolution, William just listened, patiently. Why were y'all at patio cafe? One of them works there. 
Get some sleep, Lucas. He left his brother to rest, and after reassuring his mother that everything would be okay, he himself left. Not to his evidence class, where he would be informed that he was too late to take his exam. He already knew that. William instead went down Pat Booker until he came to a yellow stucco building on his left with a sign out front that read La Fiesta Patio Cafe. Lucas never heard from those boys again. And William took a more active role in guiding his younger brother's life from that day forward, drifting further and further from where he thought his life would be. Unfortunately, we don't have the time necessary to talk about that ghost that haunts so many of us from time to time. The ghost of love, not fully proclaimed. William had a girl. Maybe you heard that story before. But for now, we'll leave it at this. William has never seen a ghost. But if he were to stop and look back once in a while... He'd see all those ghosts he's been carrying around for so long, and they'd rightly make a believer out of him. So don't stop, Billy. Just run. Plenty of those in despair is written and directed by Randall LaRue. Audio recording and engineering by Matthew David Rudd. Music by Randy Reynolds. Narrated by Brian Villalobos. Until next time.